Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shaman's Cave. I'm Renee Barrow. And I'm Sandra Ingerman, uh, talking from Santa Fe, New Mexico. And I'm back in the desert. I don't know if you can tell my changing landscape, but <laughs> speaking of changing landscapes, that was that's what we're going to be talking about today is the, the changing landscape of life and death, which is we're going to look at it from a nature's perspective. And also, I just want to say thank you for all the recent subscribers and for um, sharing the exercise about Dor what Dory went through. I just thought that was great to see all the, the similarities and the differences and how many people seem to go through door two. Did you notice that, Sandra? A lot of people went through door number two. Now, I don't know if it was because in the middle or, and if you haven't shared because you went through door number one and that means you're not a sharer, or if you went through door number three and you're definitely not a sharer, let us know that too. Yeah, yeah, it's true. There's some people who don't like to share, but it, it really does create a sense of community when people um, show some of their things. So we're going to plant some seeds of things that, that you might be interested in posting about so we can see a little bit more about your spiritual practice because we're talking about our spiritual mm -hmm. practices. <laughs> we do have fun talking about our spiritual practices, but yeah. <laughs> it was great to see the visions and stuff that people had. I was like, wow, this is really, really cool. And the winds were excited. And then I end, I did end up posting over at the Practical Shaman uh, a little bit that I had had before the book was published on each of those wins. So feel free. One thing I noticed though, people don't ever call, they, they, they talk about the experience of it, but they forget to call to the energy of the wind, you know, to call to Enlil to come in and teach you or, or shoe or, um, oh, who was the, the, Big Omai was the third one, whatever. But that that we're working with energies, and we like to work with the we like to get the the nuances of it instead of what was that energy and how do I relate to that? And I think that's a perfect shoe in for our conversation today about how do you work with the energy of something that's dying? Yeah, um, I think. Um... This is obvious to most everybody listening, but some people actually don't think about this in that um, every, we are nature beings. And I know at some point there's gonna be all these emails saying, Sandra, please stop saying we are not connected to nature, we are nature. <laughs> I'm just trying to really drive that point home because we really need to get that right now. We are nature. And so everything that's happening to us is part of nature. It's not outside of <laughs> nature. We're actually in a natural cycle right now. And, um, and people aren't recognizing that because you're, you're putting yourself as separate from what happens in the natural world. And so um, everything in nature has to be challenged in order to grow. And if a challenge stops, if there's no challenges at all, things in nature die. It's like, it's like growth has to happen through some kind of challenges. 
And I was, you know, I was a wild hippie. And before I was a wild hippie, I had my spiritual experiences when I was a kid. And, and I, I was one of those people who know, why do we have to have challenges to grow? Why do we have to have challenges in life? I was one of those people who didn't accept it, just didn't accept it. But as life dragged me along, literally dragged me along, um, challenges just kept happening, whether I believed in them or not, to help me grow and evolve. It's, it's part of life. We're part of life. And life is where that seed of, of life gets planted into the earth. And it has to have that silent time to get all its power and start building its beauty and tapping into its blueprint. And then it's got a struggle to come up, you know, the earth and then it catches the rays of the sun and the wind brings it um, new insects and new items to help its growth or, or to hurt it in some way. But it's always experiencing the changes of the wind. And then the energy of the sun is really feeding it and the energy of the moon and we can go on and you are a nature being who's dependent on that for how you grow, germinate, how you grow and how you live your life. And then we all come to that final bloom. We all come to that final bloom. And trees don't think about the fact that they're getting ready to drop their leaves. Um, you know, beings don't think about, they don't ruminate about death or the, the end of their life. They live their life and, and they just go with the cycles of what happens. And so what I would, um, what, um, I would like when we're ready um, to do an exercise is to look at how we need to surrender to the death process because we're fighting it. And it's actually a natural process that every being goes through. And we all have to come to terms with it, with our religious beliefs, our spiritual beliefs. Um, when I was teaching my course on spiritual immunity during the COVID, I was doing all the exercises while processing my death um, because I, I didn't believe I, I would live through the COVID if I got it. And it was a very rich time for me. And it gives us a different perspective on the life that we have now when we think that we're not going to be here very long. And Renee and I were talking about that, about, um, you know, we have other topics to talk about, but how that being faced with um, death makes us look at our lives differently and our choices differently. Yeah, and and the, one of the things I was, I drew a little 
diagram. <laughs> Can you see it? I don't, it's like, it's, it's a very little diagram, but it's basically when we look at, we can, there's two, if we're, when we're living on this, this, this map where there, it's a timeline map, as I call it, like there's a beginning and an end and it, it, it implies that we're going to run out of time. When we put ourselves back onto the circular map of nature, we can even look at this, this, what appears to be a crazy time, but if we look at it more like it's a natural dissolution of that last epoch, which I keep saying could take a couple 250 years, then time isn't running out. It's just the old, the old paradigms are dissolving and where we're getting into frustration is where we're still trying to hold on to the, the quicksand that's going through our fingers. And we forgot for most of us and a lot of you who are listening that we've been preparing for this for 25 years. We just did not get to the end of this time without some preparation, but we like to think like, oh, now here we are with the COVID and you know the elections and all of these institutions that are dissolving all around us, but they've been in the process of dissolving probably for, you know, the last 4,000 years because, you know, that's just how nature works. And we, we are so self-centered. We think it's only about our little short, little hundred year lifespans, you know, so that this has gone on in the last 25 years. No, this has really been going on for a much bigger time frame. And so when we get, when I get into that thinking like that, I'm running out of time because I only have 30 years left, you know, maybe who knows. And, you know, like I've got to cram it all in instead of like naturally going through the death processes of what's going to die in me in order for me to live. And um, it's, it's when you start to watch somebody who's, who's in a process of dying, it's so informative. My older sister had a stroke of, what two years ago and her chances of living, you know, when I bought her birthday card, I felt like, well, this could be her last birthday card that I buy. And to watch the evolution of somebody who is in the process of dying is an interesting, it gives you a whole change of perspective about what does that look like? Yeah. And you know, it's interesting, um, Renee, that you're bringing that up because um, there's so much that we can do to help a person who's in, who's in a dying process. And one of the things is that when we have been through a dissolution, like we're going through now, we actually end up dying while we're alive. Mm -hmm. So there's the death process of, you know, your life is done. And there's the dissolution process while we're here, where people are dying while they're alive. And what I noticed is, because um, um, I just taught a course on this, I noticed, although I've had a lot of near-death experiences in my life and a lot of, um, um, a lot of uh, you know, real wake-up calls around death, um, 
I, I really felt that as I was going through the process again, because I did all the journeys with the group, that I, even though this was God knows how many times I've been through the dark night of the soul, I came to a different place of understanding how thin the veils are, um, you know, at the time of death. And I've been teaching that for 40 years. I've been teaching on death for 40 years and talk about how the veils thin between the worlds, but it was like I got another layer of that. And that's the power of repeating exercises. I've been doing the dark night of the soul journey that I just taught for, you know, probably 60 something years. And you keep repeating certain things and you keep going deeper. You know, you keep going out of the surface and you keep going deeper. And so with that understanding of how thin the veils are, it gives you a different way of being with people who are dying. Like, how do you walk into the room? How quickly do you walk into the room? Because um, time shifts um, for people and it might seem like you're coming in slowly, but to them, it's like a rocket just flew in. <laughs> And, you know, how big is your energy and are you fearful? And we actually talked about this on a show that people who are dying pick up fear so fast, so fast, you know. So can you actually go in and be um, in a transparent, a transcendent, you know, that vibration where you're, you're kind of a little, becoming a little bit transparent. Um, so you can actually be in that dissolution process in a graceful way with somebody who just wants to be held in love during that time. And one thing, even if you don't think that you have a lot of shamanic skills that I find really helpful um, is that recapitulation process with people is to really let them talk about, you know, what their unmet needs were in this lifetime and, um, you know, their disappointments. And, you know, one of the things that I, and I'm kind of being intimate about my sister is we've talked a lot about the places in her life where she hasn't forgiven herself, you know, and to start to look at the things that she did good. You know, I mean, when you're, when you're an addict, you can make a lot of mess along the way and yet you're, you're still a lovable soul with, who, who brings a light, whether it got dimmed over those years or not, because that might've been your soul's work this journey. And to not be able to find the beauty in that is, is you know, would be a wasted light. You know, that's where the lifetime would get wasted is if you can't find that, what this journey had, had uh, uncovered for you and revealed. And you know, luckily for us who have taken a lot of shamanic classes and trainings and things like that, uh, you, you get to experience that at a first hand. One time we brought, uh, I was in Ireland and we brought my, my, my father's soul back. And I'm not recommending people to do this unless you're really in an advanced group with people holding a lot of good space. And literally there was a guy snoring on the floor and, you know, and my father was really annoyed to be disrupted from where he was because 
you know, he was still in a place that hadn't resolved itself. And, and, and so one of the things I see a lot on, on, you know, social media is all the people wanting to get somebody who can talk to their, their dead relatives and their dead animals and all. And it's just like, I always look at death as that it's not, it's not the final act. I still have that relationship with my father. It's changed as I've healed with him over the last few years. And then, you know, when the unknown relatives showed up out of the woodwork, I'm their dad, you're just a gift that keeps giving, you know? And it's like, so we think that of death, even like, it's like the seed that goes in the ground is not going to grow until the conditions are right. And that goes so with our soul and our spirits. And, and yet relationships don't end, they change. And that's how I've always looked at death. And it's probably, you know, been, I don't know where that wisdom came from early, but I think it was because some of my first earliest shamanic experiences, even when I was in my twenties was I was a death walker mm -hmm. and I had no clue what I was doing. And, and people would come when they were dying and, and, and I had to negotiate the travel experience and, and it was one who, uh, somebody who hadn't done all of his work or, you know, it was a bumpy ride and, you know, and I, I had no idea what I was doing. And it was 10 years, 15 years later, I found like, oh, you canoed him up the, the river and you met, and I was like, yeah, that just kind of happened that way. <laughs> and, and, and so it's one experience we're living in, as Sandra says, it's one nature. It's, it's got all many layers and many aspects to it, but it's all connected. Absolutely. And, you know, we did a show on worthiness and it was a really good show. And I hope that people will go back and look at it because what Renee just shared about her sister, I'm basically finding we all uh, don't love ourselves for one reason or another because we were told not to love ourselves in, in this culture. Um, you know, if you, if you had too much joy when you were a kid and as a girl, if you wanted to twirl around, you were told to stop. If you were a boy, you know, just running around with your passion and wanting to make things, you were told to stop. We were always told to stop shining. We were always told to stop doing something. We were always told we were not good enough. And now we have an entire culture that doesn't love itself. And that's actually what's creating the mess that we're in. Because if we actually loved ourselves, we would change our behavior towards life and towards ourselves. <laughs> we're, we're not showing uh, ourselves as a species that cares about ourselves because we don't care about other species. We don't care about the environment. I mean, we do, but look at what we've done to it. So there's a part of ourselves that doesn't care about ourselves. And we did a creator journey. Um, one of the first journeys I think we did for the new season 
was about um, experiencing the unconditional love that you were created with. I mean, it's mind blowing when you do this journey of how much love you were created with and to be able to reach your hands of loving yourself towards the love of that creator for you. Then all of a sudden, I think climate change, political issues, COVID issues, I think they, they change form. They change form when we have a different relationship with ourselves. And then that's gonna give us a different relationship with death too. But right now we're not in relationship with ourselves. We're really not. We're in relationship with our ego, but are we in relationship with our soul? And so are we making the best decisions and the best choices? And when you ask your soul, um, I know Renee said that she has 30 more years. My husband <laughs> and I, my husband says to me um, as a question, not as a prediction, what if we only have five more years together? Let's say we have five more years together. What, what do we want to do? What do we want to do? And those are really important questions um, to really be able to ask yourself. And again, it goes back to how much do you love yourself? Because if you love yourself, you want to make sure that you had a good life um, and that you made good choices for yourself and the rest of the world. Every time you make a loving choice for the rest of the world, it has to be a loving choice for you because there's only oneness. So, um, so we're in a little bit of a battle with our ego around death because uh, the ego doesn't like change and it doesn't like death, but our own soul is doing a dance. And are we, do, are we dancing with our own soul? <laughs> That's true. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I hear there was a debate on TV and it's like, the thing is like, does a tree make a noise in the woods if you're not there to hear it? I decided to take a wind walk. So was there all that chaos going on over there because I was over here doing, you know, and I think that that's what we get to choose right now in our lives is, is how am I showing up for the, if it's 30 years or the five years or, you know, how do I want to live my life? Do I want to get caught up in the, you know, the tornado or do I want to, you know, live with the, the river? And, 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 you know, some of we don't, I believe that this whole thing started over 12,000 years ago when we moved from the outside to the in. And all of a sudden we thought we had control over all of this stuff. And, you know, and, and even, even now we don't have all of that control because we are, like Sandra said, we are nature. We're not separate from it. We're not even though I was taking a wind walk, I was still the debate. You know, there's just, there's not, once we understand that we're all in a big grand cycle of dissolution, we can find our own seed in that place. 
But if we think that that's going on over there, then, you know, it's almost like we're dying alone instead of we're dying together. And I'd rather die together, I think, here as, as this epoch comes to a close. And hopefully learning from my shamanic journey that that means rebirth. Right. Yeah, that's, that's the thing is there's always the rebirth. And, and I know um, I'm speaking for Renee and I probably shouldn't because we okay, can agree on everything. <laughs> but um, uh, we're, we're heartbroken over how many species are going extinct right now. It, it's, I can't, I, I actually can't even think about it. Um, it's too hard on my body. Um, and so, you know, it's really important for us to, um, to be able to focus on something um, besides ourselves. And I know people want to, I know people are as heartbroken over what's happening, the fires, the storms, all, all the nature beings that are dying, all the humans that died without being able to say goodbye to their loved ones through the COVID. Um, and as Renee said, you know, the dissolution has been going on for a really long time. I, I said, I actually said to my husband the other day, cause every once in a while when I do an interview, people ask me if I wanna talk about some current issue and they mm -hmm. let me know and I'll go, my God, you know, I've been on this path of shamanism for 40 years, and I was a hippie before that in the Haight-Ashbury. I've been talking about these issues. They have been looping and coming to a closure, not a solution, just people getting tired of talking about them, and they just came to closure. And then it started up again, and, and now we're in the fifth cycle of a lot of conversations. And the dissolution has been happening, as Renee is saying, it's been happening for so long. The conversations that are going on now that people want me to talk about on podcasts, I was talking about in the 1960s. <laughs> um, so when do we live our lives and when do we make changes and make big changes to the to how we are and how the collective ends up treating each other and other nature beings um, if we if we care about ourselves and make little healthy changes does that radiate out into the entire collective and start not pushing back on where the collective is right now, because that just creates more resistance, but do we start flooding the collective with some positive thoughts, whether they're about life or death, there's still positive energy and what happens when we start talking about the gifts of all of what's happening because we are nature and we're in a natural process, how does that flood the collective and how does that change how we feel? Um, unlike Renee, I, I, um, I taught 
on the night of the debate. I didn't even think about it. Um, I, I knew where I wanted to put my energy and I knew that my energy was going to make a difference that night where I put it. So I, I chose where I wanted to put it. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm going to be teaching a, a few hour, uh, a two hour class in November on, called Catch Yourself on the Exhale you know, on the wind breath out, like, what are you, what are you putting back into the collective? So stay tuned and watch for that with us. Were we going to do an exercise on this one? Or yeah, I, I, yeah. It's so, a little longer this show, but we're good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sometimes I just go on. <laughs> well, we love to, we love to listen. You know, I love when you go on, so we're good. <laughs> so um, the exercise that I thought about, because it's a really powerful exercise, and um, I think it, we have to come to a place when we're, we're working with death. We have to come to a place of knowing when we have to surrender, when we have to fight, when we have to accept. I think those are are three important topics that we have to come to peace with. And so, so you know, here we are in the Northern Hemisphere in um, fall, in the Southern Hemisphere going into spring and going into the opposite process of, of um, death, but we're still in one cycle. The cycle is, just one. We can't separate them. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a really short journey where I want you to merge with the earth where you live. And I want you to get in your body what's happening um, with the earth where you live. So even when you merge with the earth and ice, there's a lot of movement. Um, that nothing ever stops um, on this planet because as soon as death is happening, there's new life being born. And um, so I want you to merge with the earth where you are and feel what's happening in your body. Is your body experiencing stillness? Is the earth in a cycle of stillness? Is there starting some rebirth? You're starting to feel things moving in the earth. Something's getting ready to happen. Um, what do you feel in your body? And whatever you feel in your body, you need to look at making choices in your life that keep you in that feeling. So if you're feeling still when you merge with the earth, because the earth is still right, right now where you live, for your own health, you need to make choices in your schedule where you have more time for stillness. If, um, if the earth is moving more, um, what's the quality of that movement? And you're gonna need to get in the flow of that movement because what I'm seeing is all the challenges people face is they stepped out of the flow of nature. And if you stay in the flow, um, your challenges will be there, but they take a different form 
they take a different form because they're part of nature. And so the challenges flow as quickly as um, the changes in nature flow, which are usually pretty rapid, I would say. <laughs> I'm having a hard time with my eye curtain here, but I need it for drumming, sorry guys. So um, what we're trying to get is not thinking, no thinking on this journey. I just want you to merge with the earth where you live and feel the vibration that you're feeling in your body right now. Feel the sensations that the earth is sharing with you right now because this is what the earth is going through. And whatever the earth is going through, you're going through. So let's experience that for ourselves right now. start coming back feel yourself coming back into your body right now disconnecting from the earth but remembering you're never disconnected from the earth coming back into the room that you're in that you're journeying in. And before you open your eyes, feel the quality of earth in your body right now. So welcome back, everybody. And I just want to give a suggestion of another way to do this journey, which will actually give you a better sense of um, the earth and her changes, 
is to dance this journey mm -hmm. and notice if your body is staying still, notice the sense of flow, notice if there's a lot of energy and a lot of movement starting to happen. So think about, just think about it. Use your common sense for a moment. Um, go into your heart for a moment and feel that if you actually live like the earth where you live and, and um, do your activities and the rhythm of the changes where you live, not another place, but where you live, you'll notice that your life changes big time because you stepped into the flow of nature and you're one with nature instead of separate from it. And you're one with your own nature. Hmm. There is a, a, a real steady flow where I was, you know, and I don't know if it's because I've been looking at a piece of land that has that real steady flow of the the water and the land and all of the things right near there. But I've been getting that call to be more, you know, with that too. So I'm not sure. I'll have to go back and, and try it when I'm not watching the dials as well. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it would be great if uh, people could share in some kind of representation, whether what music you pick to dance to or a picture of what that rhythm looked like for you. I just love so much the conversation we had about the doorways. So uh, to, to continue that, you know, it would be really great. And make sure you come over to shamanstv.com and sign up for our mail, mailing list if you'd like to be reminded of this and come, it comes in your inbox every week. And uh, one thing is, I, I do wanna say this, that Sandra and I have, there's now ads in our YouTube. And I don't know about you, but I always just skip the ad as soon as I can. But for those of you who really are affected by it, go over to SoundsCloud and just listen to our podcast if it, that's easier for you. But the reason we did it was because uh, YouTube, they, they show videos more when they can put ads in them. So we can reach out to you know, more people and people need this message now. It, you know, it wasn't something that we did to serve ourselves, but we wanted to serve more people out in the world. And so just remember that when, you know, we, where, where, that, where that idea comes from in you first. Yeah, it's really important to understand that um, we're doing what we can to keep the show going. And sometimes um, in the spiritual community, judgments are made and um, you don't always understand what it takes to do something like this. And so we just ask for some patience that every action and every decision we're making is so that we can keep the show going and keep the message spreading to people. And, and as we always say, um, please uh, let people know about the show and they can subscribe um, and they can get an email to remind them when the show is going to happen. So, um, you know, we just really want to spread the word. And before we end, um, I just wanted to say that um, Hank Wesselman and I wrote a book together called Awakening to the Spirit World. 
And the reason I wrote this book, because um, the idea was originally mine, was to actually show the world that shamanic teachers could um, be friends and <laughs> do a project together. <laughs> I actually put that in the book. That that was my <laughs> anyway, so there's five brilliant shamanic teachers who contributed to this book. And we wrote two fabulous chapters on death and dying and Alberto put in his recapitulation exercise in there. And there's five teachers uh, giving their practices and talking about um, death. So um, if you're interested in some different ways to work, um, check out Awakening to the Spirit World. It's, it's still selling really well and it's, it's a really great book because it has five teachers' voices in it and we all come together. So blessings, everyone. We did have a longer show today and um, we hope it fed you. <laughs> so blessings. Thank you.